Hey guys, a very exciting announcement to make. Birthbox is now live. An online hypnobirthing program getting you informed, ready and excited for birth. Check it out in the link below and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Pop That Mama and in this very exciting episode I'm going to be doing a Q&A with my close friend and podcast listener Teresa Am. We're going to be speaking about everything from birth plans right through to what a contraction feels like, the golden hour and breastfeeding. Enjoy listening. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, guys. So today is all about a birth Q&A, and Taz has prepared some questions to ask me. So we're going to be having a discussion around these questions. So I'm very, very excited. Taz, over to you to say hello and do a quick introduction. Hi, everybody on Pop That Mama. Um, Hi to all the followers. I am Teresa. I live in South Australia, and I'm currently... 35 weeks and a bit pregnant with my first baby and yeah I just am so keen to be on here thank you so much Pulse for having me um I'm super excited (laughs) pleasure I'm so excited to have you we've been speaking about this for a while so it's so excited to get it in the diary even though I forgot (laughs) this morning (laughs) message me like are we doing the podcast and I'm literally like uh I thought it was tomorrow but no we're a day ahead are we all good yeah because you guys are nine and a half hours in front of us I think so yeah yeah. don't worry I was all organized and ready to go because I'm super excited to be on here so Taz before we go into the questions how are you feeling how are you feeling about the birth I am feeling you know throughout my whole pregnancy I've been pretty calm and chilled I think I've mentioned that to you a couple of times and I feel like I'm that type of person normally. But um, I'm definitely starting in the last leg of it now. I've got, you know, just about four weeks left to go. And I'm definitely feeling a little bit more anxious and having a couple of doubts and hoping I can just trust my body to do what it's capable of. Yeah, just while also knowing the, um, you know, sometimes things don't always go as you would like them to and I'm just um yeah I've got a couple of questions on my mind especially for previous mums who've been there done that and every experience is different I know that's going to be you know different it's going to be different for me than it was for like the last five mums that I've spoken to mm-hmm. but um yeah I'm just like super excited to get some answers from someone who's done so much research and um yeah is so passionate about what she does oh amazing and if you had to kind of say you know what you're afraid of or fearful of you know the the one main thing what what would that be that's a really hard one I feel like I do trust my body but um I suppose my one fear would be like the system kind of pushing me to do something that I don't want to do. Right. Um, and, and I've actually been thinking about that a lot, like, um, a lot lately, the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, just, 
I don't like to be told <laughs> what to do. What to do. I kind of um, want to be able to trust my body, trust my instinct. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be, I don't want to feel rushed. I think that was the main one thing that I spoke to Trav about. I said, don't let them rush anything, you know, yes. just because they want to get the baby out quickly or you know, of course, unless there's like a, a proper medical reason for it and they mm. can explain that to me and to Trav, mm. I just don't want to feel rushed. I want to kind of let the process kind of unfold on its own. Yes, exactly. Oh, I Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely had that same sort of fear as well. And I think that's partly why I chose to labour for you know, 11 or 12 hours at home because I was just determined to be in my own space, although I didn't plan a, a home birth. And looking back, the reason why I didn't plan a home birth is because the fear of something going wrong at home is so deep in my subconscious mind, even though statistically home births are a lot safer than hospital births. But because it's so deep in my mind and I knew that because that fear was so deep if I had a home birth it that fear would still be there if that makes sense so that was like my main my main reason for not doing it but I absolutely knew I wanted to stay at home for as long as possible to just be uninterrupted and not have that time pressure or the constant vaginal examinations um you know obviously they they have protocols that they need to follow and I'm definitely you know I love the medical professionals Mm -hmm. and I know that in this world of hypnobirthing and positive birth, there is definitely this kind of attitude of be wary of them because of the high intervention rates and because of the litigation fears and things like that. But I actually think that can be detrimental in some ways because they are there to support you. And if you, you know, if we instill fear in people, then you're going into hospital thinking that these are the people that are going to intervene and that want me on the clock and that want things to end up with a C-section and those fears are not going to be good. So I really think it's important to, uh, you know, actually have some trust in them and be informed so that you can make decisions. But fundamentally, they are there to help. And I really think that's important because I actually had that fear myself. And now looking back, I'm like, actually, it's not good to be so fearful of 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 them as this kind of big beast that want to <laughs> intervene if that makes sense exactly i think i i need to um i definitely need to be a bit more trusting when it comes to like i i know they're medical professionals and i know that they're there to help me and to do what they need to do but there's yeah just like the story some stories that i've read about or heard about um you know just how they how they practice the medicine and the system like yeah. how the system works and again I just I want my birth to be my own absolutely if and that's that kind of routine the interventions that are for high risk women have almost become routine for low risk women in the very nature of like well you you know the cascade of interventions idea yeah or phenomenon decisions that feel really light early on can often affect the course of action that then leads to a series of interventions which is quite interesting yeah so how do you feel about um your your kind of the due date and uh things like induction are you are you quite keen for labor to start spontaneously or are you open to induction what's your thoughts on that um I haven't really thought about that to be honest because um firstly I 
I am a no-goer for induction. I've just heard that it's uncomfortable and, um, you know, it's just not nice something to happen. Like it's like mm. a forced thing and it's just not, it's just not my cup of tea. <laughs> I think if there's a medical reason, it makes sense. But I do think there is such great importance that's attached to this due date. And one thing about me, I thought I was laid back and relaxed. But once it got past 3rd of June, going towards 10th of June, I was like, what is going on? Like, I thought this was the due date, even though I knew 5% of babies get born on the due date. So obviously, that was such a ridiculously low chance of me giving birth on that date. But when you're in that waiting period, though, Taz, like, you know me, I'm chilled, I can go with the flow. I'm not super sort yeah. of you know I, I don't mind going with the flow but something strange takes over and and well all of the mums I know have gone through this kind of manic you know trying to induce labor naturally and all you want is baby to yeah. come and so <laughs> the induction or the membrane sweep um, which is kind of presented as the natural induction, but is not because that's an oxymoron in itself. And it's, you know, it, anything that hurries the baby along is a form of induction, even though it's not it's not a medical procedure. But what happens in that kind of waiting period is is everyone does kind of say, oh, well, baby's ready to come out now. Um, you know, you get the messages and it, the pressure is insane. So I think just mentally preparing wow. for, for actually baby to be, inverted commas late is quite healthy actually <laughs> um yeah and then most first pregnancies right, well, they do arrive I need to think about. there's there's lots of research you know f- to say that once you uh, induce labor ahead of the due date because in that period where you're essentially waiting the baby puts on a lot of weight so actually it's a really important time um so I thought that was really good to know so that kind of prevented me from wanting induction because I was like actually the baby is growing and the baby is the one that initiates labor so like an apple tree you if you pick an apple tree off and it's not ready you'll be like plucking it off whereas if it's ripe it comes off it's the same sort of thing with birth the baby it's the baby's birthright to initiate that process yeah that's true because um how um big was juniper when she came out so how many days late was she so she she was she was supposed to be born. See, listen to our language. Out <laughs> late, supposed to be. <laughs> um, so so the the due date was third of June. She came on the tenth of June. I got offered the membrane sweep, as in coerced, informally coerced into the membrane sweep on third of June. And had I not been educated, I would have accepted that membrane sweep a hundred percent because of the way that it was presented and the midwife actually put her gloves on and was ready to do it before I even consented so it was very much most I think a lot of women just go for that because at that stage you're heavy and you know but um she was born and I physically felt that the bump was getting heavier throughout that week and she was born so alert like very plump and just so healthy and I just think that that week did her wonders and I'm so glad that I just was patient and in a way it's a lesson for like the 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 kind of motherhood journey is that they are the ones that have to that initiate things you know your your time scale is all around the baby and so it's quite an interesting little lesson I think that last period of waiting yeah that's very interesting I never thought of it that way actually shall we start with um, some of Uh, your yes with the cues yeah Yes, so um, this one I have on um, 
my list because obviously being a newbie at this whole mum pregnancy and everything else that comes with it um just like would like to know the typical signs of labor and kind of what's kind of like the order of how things kind of happen for everyone or generally and another thing that I wanted to um, mark on as well is I've actually a couple of weeks ago Mm. I only heard about the mucus plug oh yeah very interesting like you know I've done like a lot of research and stuff on on the internet and stuff like that and I never really came across that term before so I looked it up and yeah I didn't realize that that was a kind of sign <laughs> honestly you you this is an area that I am an expert in just because of how much research I did at that period where I was manic so I've got yeah. all the answers for you um let's start with mucus awesome. plug. how <laughs> funny how funny is that name mucus plug <laughs> I know what a name and I, and I honestly like felt like I've done like a bit of research but I've just never come across that term and then you know I, I don't feel like it's spoken about really nope have you have you tried no. to google an image of it no <laughs> oh my god they honestly there's so many on the on google but they look so different and it's because so many women are like is this the mucus plug and it's like question mark and everyone's like no that's not got the twinges of red or you know honestly it's the funniest thing but oh it essentially goodness. looks like a kind of um well mucus like substance and what it what it is is it's it, it's like a cork which is in the cervix and it's a protective collection of mucus like in the cervical canal and it's that was actually created once the fertilization of the egg occurs. So quite interesting. So that's been there throughout your whole pregnancy. So when when you're in the third trimester, the um, your your body basically your ligaments and your cervix starts to relax, getting ready to prepare you for birth. And in that process, the mucus plug is released. This can happen kind of a week or even longer out from your pregnancy. So it's not a definitive sign. You may even miss it because you might go to the loo and it might just fall out and you might flush and you might not see it but for me it happened pretty much wow. before the contraction started so it was very much dush 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 all of the signs happening you know in one go but everyone is different so to answer your question about the order there is no order it's all over the place and that's the thing with labor is it's like a continuum it's you know it's so it's not linear everyone is different in their experiences um so that there's definitely no like sort of you know order of events at all the main the main signs is the the mucus plug which you may or may not see then there's uh, the membranes releasing or the waters breaking which again happens it, it you know it's not like the movies or well, it could be like the movies actually where they just get released at a random time and then labor usually starts around 24 hours after that release of membranes for me they happened at the last minute before she was born. So just to show you that it's all, you know, it's all over the place depending on the woman. Because I always, I always kind of thought there was like a typical system of signs, you know, going into labour. But obviously that's not the case. Not at all. So that's just like mad to me, like absolutely crazy. Right. And it can be quite 
discombobulating when you're like, oh, when's it going to start? And all you want to know is like an order. And that's why that whole wait period after the due date is so confusing for us when we as modern humans are so used to knowing what's going on. And I really understand why people just want to get induced because then they know and not knowing is so hard for us I think for a lot of people anyway it's the unknown that is the kind of um, trigger for fear but there is so many unknowns with labor birth and motherhood so it's kind of like we've got to get used to it you know Um, yeah some of the other kind of um, signs that your labor might begin is you might need the toilet a lot more often so you might need to wee or poo and actually a lot of women report just pooing nonstop because obviously you want to create as much room as possible. So you you need your bowels to be empty. Then um, another thing that might happen. <laughs> you laughing there? <laughs> um, another I'm thing. I'm having a little giggle. You having a little I mean- giggle there? <laughs> so another another thing is. Um, have you ever heard of Sorry. Have you ever heard of light lightning crotch? I have heard this term. A lot of my girlfriends have been speaking about it to me, like if I've had it. I haven't had it personally yet. So please explain. What is that? So this was one of the things that happened to me nonstop for like the last two weeks of pregnancy. And and you know, it's, it's not one of those sensations where you go, oh, what's that? You know exactly what it is because it's like is like nothing you've experienced before so basically it's characterized by a kind of sharp shooting and short-lived pain in the pelvis usually in the third trimester and this can be one of those subtle signs or really early signs that your body is preparing another thing that might happen is you might feel like a low ache in your lower tummy and your and your lower back as well some people say that they want to be at home and they want to be kind of safe which I guess makes sense if you're about to give birth like all other mammals start to kind of go inward and and go into their shelter so lots of women report wanting to be at home and I definitely had that feeling too of just you just want to be at home with your loved ones and be safe so a lot of it's kind of intuitive as well um yes yeah and then the kind of most obvious uh, sign is that the contractions start yeah speaking of contractions I was just going to ask what that felt like for you because I would love to know um, a contraction explained basically if you could describe it in a couple of sentences okay so this was something that I really wanted to know ahead of um labor as well it was one of those things I was desperate to understand like what is this sensation because obviously if you know what it feels like you can prepare yourself so many people describe it using different words yes and um it will you know how you describe it will probably be different to how I'm about to describe it but the best way I can kind of say is that it's a a tightening of the uterus which makes sense because that's what's going on and one thing that surprised me about contractions is the kind of rhythmic nature of them and the 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 kind of they they build in intensity and then they peak and especially towards the end when you're entering the transition and it gets really intense they peak and you know you're at your peak because you actually want to give up and it 
and it hurts. Like I'm not scared of using the word pain because I think if you remove the word pain from the vocabulary of labor, and I know I'm like a hypnobirthing instructor, but what are you left with if you take away pain? That's what people are scared of. Okay, you're scared of tearing, you're fearful of potentially something being wrong with the baby. But fundamentally, this whole pre preparation journey of birth is all about pain. So if you remove that from the vocabulary, then, then what are you left with? And if you use the word pressure, I just don't think that that conveys the intensity of the sensation. And I don't know what other better word apart from pain. And I also think that if there's pain, I want to know about it and I want to know so I can prepare. So if we confront it and address it as pain, then it's like, okay, this is going to be tough and, you know, I need to prepare. And it's almost like that, that kind of idea of when you're going somewhere and like Tom always says, oh, we'll be there in 15 minutes and we're there, we're there in 20. I'm like, oh, you should have just said there in 10 and then <laughs> be pleasantly surprised I think the same can be said for labor tell me it's going to be tough and I'll be expecting it to be really tough and that's one of the things that carried me through is I was I was thinking that it was going to be worse than what it was and it never got as worse as I thought does that make sense yes no totally because I mean I've had lots of people asking me how you know how I feel about the birth am I scared am I nervous and I go you know I know it's going to be painful like yes. I'm not oblivious to the I'm not like stupid I know it's I know it's different for every woman it goes different ways for some more painful than others you know more stressful than others blah 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 mm. but I know it's I know it will get painful and it will reach a point where I just want to cry and yeah. just throw in the towel and be like get, get this baby out of me exactly. but I in my mind I've um yeah I kind of have that kind of never give up just keep going that pain is only going to last so long and then soon you're going to have your baby in your arms exactly exactly so, that yeah so and that's what, what I've got like in my head that's brilliant Taz and when it peaks and it becomes unbearable it's going to go down so when you get used to that natural rhythm of the or pattern of the contraction then as soon as it gets really hard you're like okay I know it's going to come down and then the beauty the beauty of the contraction or surges whatever we want to call them is when they die down they are gone they're gone so then in that period you can just rest and sometimes well at the end it becomes really close and intense and there's there's kind of no rest period but in the beginning when that when it dies down it's completely gone and that peace that you have is just amazing so you know that once you become familiar with the pattern you just know that you're going to get that break and I think that's really such a amazing mindset to be in and also Taz yeah. like the pain is yours it's coming from inside you and it belongs to you. It's yours. Your pain is your power. And how can it be stronger than you? It literally lives inside your body that you have inhabited for how many years? 30 years now. So I think just getting in that mindset and believing it with everything you have, I, that that really was the 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 big game changer for me is, is just realizing actually this is this is mine. This sensation is mine and it belongs to me and it's from me. Yeah, and you can get through it because your body's capable. If your body is capable of growing a tiny person and also growing another organ, I think that's just it 
blows my mind honestly when I think about it and I'm just like if my body is able to do that it is able to do this thing exactly (laughs) it's not pleasant it's not gonna last forever and I can do it yes my mindset yes Taz (laughs) I I love that I love that, love that, love yeah. that. And it's like, yeah, like you say, your body has created this human being and you've done nothing. You've just fed yourself. So I actually, know, it's crazy. one thing, this sounds quite extreme, but it's kind of like to not trust in your body is, is almost like disrespectful to it because it's like, well, look what it's done. So just let it do its thing. Exactly. This is the this is the final thing that it's going to do. It, 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 it was way more complicated in the in the first trimester when it was growing eyes and organs and stuff. Like this is essentially just super sort of simple part of the process if you think about it comparatively. Exactly. And while we got um, this kind of topic flowing, mm-hmm. uh, also one of my um, questions were about the placenta. Yes. So I want to bring that up while we like on a roll about all this growing and everything. Sure. Um, yeah, just how did you feel about the placenta in your birthing experience and was it painful for you? So at the once you've given birth, the next stage is birthing the placenta. So you've got options there. One is you let that happen naturally. So your body will create oxytocin, which then makes your uterus contract. So more contractions, I'm afraid. But um it will then release from the walls and then be expelled through your vagina and you'll see it. And it's amazing. And I wish I look at, looked at it more properly, but I was too busy being consumed by juniper and also in shock. But I was um, offered the injection. And you know what? At that point, I wasn't really thinking. And it was kind of like, it wasn't really an offer. It was more like it was in her hand and it was coming towards me. It was like, we're just going to do this injection to, and it will just, you know, release the, um, the, uh, the placenta. And, and, you know, like you're just in a daze. So as part of my birth plan, I didn't actually properly consider what I wanted to do, but basically they injected me and then the placenta was expelled um, immediately. But most recently I've been reading about the benefits of allowing that to happen naturally because Uh, they call it the love bomb of hormones. Once the placenta is naturally expelled from your body due to natural surges of oxytocin, you then have this experience of a love bomb. Whereas if a love bomb of hormones, which makes you have that kind of love feeling, whereas if you have it synthetically injected, then that um, synthetically uh, produced hormone overrides the natural one. And I think this actually explains part of the reason why I didn't feel that uh love thing in the beginning so um, that immediate yeah I I just I was absolutely felt nothing I mean I was tired too but I was quite shocked by how little I felt in that moment wow that is so interesting you know I actually didn't even know about this injection thing that you've just mentioned yeah so I didn't even know that they do that yeah Uh, there are (laughs) also benefits to the injection because um there's been shown that less less chances of hemorrhage so losing blood yeah so there are this this is the thing there's so many benefits and risks to every decision you'll make and and to be honest what was quite nice is I wasn't waiting there for this placenta to come out and I wasn't experiencing any more contractions it was just done and by that point I just I didn't really care I juniper was out she was healthy so 
I, I wouldn't kind of suggest that you need to do that process naturally. I would just say, go with, with exactly what, if you get to the point where you're like, give me the injection, I'm done. Like, I don't, you know, do exactly what you want in the moment. Exactly. Well, that, that's a really good um, thing for me to think about too, because I've, I've just been so mesmerized about the placenta lately, like the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I kind of look at how cows and other mammals and stuff give birth and they I, I'm definitely not going to eat the placenta so I'm just saying this <laughs> but just you know how you look at other animals and what their birth process is like and what they do with their placenta afterwards you know they eat it and then it goes through to the milk etc and it's just super beneficial and you just kind of think like that's a that's an organ that's grown inside of you. Mm. Surely that must be so nutritious and beneficial. And what do they do with the placenta afterwards? Because it must be so valuable. Honestly, you're absolutely right. And you can get them encapsulated and have them as tablets. And that's been shown to help with postnatal depression and things like that. So if you are interested in that, there's definitely, you know, you can take it home and then you send it off. Yeah. I know it's just it's just something that's really interested me lately like I don't think I will do it but I just just like really in awe of what the placenta does and just its benefits I suppose and just how other mammals kind of take that initiative to just do what they meant to do with that and yeah I don't know I just find it really interesting that's so cool, Taz. Yeah, it just, looks insane as well. When you look at it, like it comes out and it goes boom, boom, and you're like, oh my god, that's <laughs> that's. Oh insane. my god, that was inside. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. I definitely want to take like some photos and stuff of it for sure, so yeah. that when I am, you know, like more chat out and ha- have had some rest, I can really properly just give it a good look. Yes. <laughs> that's so cool. I just find it super interesting. Um, But, yeah, I do have a few more questions. Um, I would love to know some birthing positions and what helped you. And um, because I've I've done a little bit of research on this and I find, like, I'm not going to be the type of person to just sit down and have my contractions. I feel like I'm going to have to be standing or sitting on my birthing ball or something like that. So what did you find that was useful? I think with the same thing, everyone's different. So you will only know what's going to work for you in terms of like pain management and also positions when you're in labor. But one thing I found very useful to remember is UFO, which stands for upright, forward and open. So sitting on a birth ball would be a classic example of UFO. You can lean forward, you're you're open, so you're giving lots of room for your pelvis. And um, I found just keeping a nice movement was really beneficial. So I leant over because when I was tired and I couldn't lie down, it flipping hurt lying down. And um, many women can lie down, but I could not. So I needed to sway, rock and sway and just be really light on the birth ball. And whilst I was doing that, I was just releasing through sound. So a lot of hypnobirthing 
teaches uh, breathing, which we'll come on to speak about, and being really calm and serene. And I've just watched a video, which um, is the hypnobirthing instructors talking about how women behave in labor. And they were making lots of sounds and showing the different sounds. And then they later went on to say, but with hypnobirthing, women behave like this. And then the camera turns towards the woman and she's, she sat down, closing her eyes. You, you couldn't even see that she was experiencing a contraction or see that she was breathing. So essentially they were suggesting that that was how you would behave if you were doing hypnobirthing. Now, that's quite a big thing to say because I actually believe that movement and sound is so important. Um, but again, there's no one size fits all. Some women prefer a more calming breathing method and others prefer more active and vocal and involved method which is how I was so I think it's just that thing of listening to your body but upright forward and open is is great that's amazing yeah because I, I feel like I definitely am not gonna be able to sit down because I find it you know even now being so heavy like lying down to go to sleep I just dread it yeah. Because it's just so uncomfortable. And I think there's no way I'll be able to experience contractions and lie down. So I definitely want to use my birth ball or just like hang on to Trav or something maybe. Yeah, hang on to Trav. It will give him something to do too. Make him feel a little bit more involved. I've told him already, I'm like, you know, if I say rub my back, you need to rub my back. If I say get off me, you need to get off me. I said I might change my mind in like two seconds what I want you to do but just don't take it to heart that's exactly that's exactly it Taz and and one thing I really wanted to say um to tell you on this podcast is I've recently come across this idea of crisis of confidence in labor and basically it's this idea it's not of an idea it actually happens uh is at various different points in your labor particularly the transition phase which I'm sure you've heard of is when women say I can't do this I need an epidural, I'm giving up, like this is too effing hard. And it happens at various different points in labor. So the the kind of best thing that Trav can do is to understand that that is going to happen and that you will most likely ask for drugs. And the best thing people can do in that situation is just cheer you on because this whole uh, kind of culture of pain relief, and look, I'm not against pain relief, but I think there is definitely this fallback option when people see you in pain where it's like well do you lovely do you want the epidural or do you do you need a bit of pethidine and that's fine if that's really what you need but actually most of us just need cheering on and that's I don't know Taz we probably should have spoke about this in the beginning but are you aiming for a natural birth I I'm definitely aiming for natural um I am but I'm also going into it where um, cause you know, I was listening to your friend Emily's podcast and hers really like her whole birthing experience was amazing where she had all these things thrown at her and she just mm. did what was best for her in that situation. Yeah. And I really loved that one. And, um, that just got me thinking, you know, I, as much as I want a natural birth and I would just like to maybe have a little bit of gas if I need it. Yeah. Um, I did have a couple of questions for you on the pethidine because I'm not 100% sure what that is compared to like gas really. Um, but if I do need something else, I'm I'm not 
cutting it out altogether. Yeah. I would just see how I feel in the moment, but I would really like to um, push, my, not push myself, but encourage myself to try and have a natural birth. Sure. That sounds like the same as me. I was in that mindset of I want a natural birth, but if I can't, I'll have the epidural or the pethidine. So I was definitely in that mindset too. Um, But pethidine, so you might want to look this up yourself. As I understand it, it's uh, administered through an injection and it doesn't actually numb the pain, but it kind of puts you in this relaxed state. So some women really enjoy it and report feelings of kind of almost being drunk or a bit out of it other women think that it kind of almost takes you away from the experience so they're a bit out of it and then they lose memory so I've spoken to two mothers who have actually lost memory of that period so that put me off taking it yeah so in terms of um like medical relief Mm. it would be gas pethidine epidural those are the main ones, yeah. I think there's another yeah. injection similar to pethidine, um, which has similar effects, but I think it depends on the hospital you're in, which one they go for. Wow. Okay, cool. But yeah, then no, you've got good. all of the natural methods, so movement, sound, breathing. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I think I'll definitely try and give a pass on pethidine because I definitely <laughs> don't want to not remember, like not remember. Yeah, do more research though, because remember, many people have different experiences. So, yeah. risks and That's benefits true. are always good to look at. I'm just ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> do you know what, Taz? Honestly, I would say that the kind of information that you learn on courses and things is great. But as long as you have a deep sense of confidence and belief in your body and its capabilities, Obviously, there are situations where medical reasons, situations arise where things do take you off course. But what I'm saying is fundamentally, if you do have that really deep sense of faith and belief in your body, then that is all that matters. And I really do think that is 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 the truth, really, because I, I did so much research, courses, etc. But it, what what got me through was was that deep sense of belief out of everything. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like you can do you can do all the research you want, but at, at that time, at that given point, um, you know, your experience might be totally different and wow. totally just, you know, unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievably yeah. um incredible also, but yeah. you know, just it never goes the way you want it. I mean, it's life. Yeah. Life never is perfect. Mm. Um I mean, it might be perfect. It might not, but we will see. Oh, Taz, <laughs> one, a, one other thing. So where are we now? We're in April. April oh, bloody hell, soon. Um, so so <laughs> one one thing, honestly, is, uh, is just positive affirmations daily now, like nighttime before you go to bed. I'll record you one because um, I've got some on the podcast, but I haven't got one that's only positive affirmations. So I'm going to actually record you one over the weekend. Um, that would be amazing you don't think it's working at the time but it it does and it just goes into your mind and 
And that's what you need because in the in the moment of labor, the information isn't going to come back to you, but the stuff that's gone deep into your subconscious will be with you. Yes, no, totally agree. Facts um, and figures are not relevant during those intense contractions, but what's gone in will make the difference. Yes, exactly. I'm all for it. Yay. Um, <laughs> I'm, super, I'm like excited now about the birth I'm slightly nervous but I think everybody is slightly nervous 100% normal yeah Yeah, totally norms another thing just I think it's my last question that I wanted to ask you was um just about uninterrupted time with Juniper like when you gave birth to her did they just like leave her on you for a certain amount of time before they had to go do checks and everything like that because I would really like uninterrupted time as much as I can get they did they did yeah um it was probably for about sort of not very long 20 or so minutes then they did the weighing and things like that and the checks and then then they actually did leave and they they'd left her with us and they did leave the room actually so they're i in the uk they're very good at that i don't know about australia but they i would assume that because it's all about the golden hour isn't it and that building that connection and and, and establishing breastfeeding early on so they i'm, I'm i i would i would assume that they they would give you that space and time mm. would they just like leave her on you to kind of so you could kind of figure that first breastfeed out or do they kind of help you and show you what to do so this particular midwife and and actually I in hindsight I would have wanted it to be different but she actually just brought Juniper to my boob held held Juniper's head and just put it on the boob and then Juniper just went like that and like knew what to do it was quite like oh my god that she knows more than me and Juniper just that just sucking 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 <laughs> the whole scene it was just like boom and then suddenly she knows what to do with my body so insane but one thing well, one, in hindsight I wish 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 um because babies I don't know if you've seen this on YouTube but they're able to do the breast crawl so if you put them on your tummy yes. they will crawl up to your boob and the great thing with that is that the latch that they establish will be most likely good for both of you whereas if you've got a midwife who is just plonking her on your boob then you know the baby hasn't sniffed its way around and kind of found the shape and done the latch which is best for them so if if you can and if you you know if you're able to that that's quite amazing to to watch that process and to have that natural process wow that is just like how incredible is that that this tiny little thing that has just had a massive experience you know from being submerged in in fluid and water and living inside you for nine months comes out and just can it knows it instinctively what to do it's so cool it's, it's just women are amazing power are, to the woman we are the best <laughs> <laughs> oh no I think I do have one more question which was um just about birthing partners and in your case, in my case, will be husbands. Um, just something like Tom did for you that really helped you during labor. The best thing that he did was nothing. <laughs> and when I say nothing, he he did he did no kind of 
actions in the sense of like light touch massage or anything like that. He simply believed in me and I knew he believed in me because when I was going through the contractions and going through labor, he just went to went and lay down in bed. And I didn't take that as a, oh my God, you're not doing what we set out to do in the birth plan. But I knew and he knew that all I needed was to get in my zone. And that's what I did. And I lost track of time and he he fell asleep as well. So that whole trip was just mine. And this this thing about birth partners and they're amazing and everything. But from my personal experience, I found the best thing was going inward and 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 to kind of rely on your birth partner is is very difficult for them because you know they have to watch us in pain which is a whole different experience for them and they can't take that pain away so almost getting into a mindset of like this is my journey this is mine and my baby's journey and we need to go into this zone and do this together I think is is really powerful having said that when we got to the hospital he he kind of he kind of changed into this like you can do it love you so much which was amazing at that point because it was the pushing stage so actually yeah so the 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 kind of laboring at home was was about getting in the zone and and being more inward and and my own trip pushing I needed help and he was great at that and he and, and and it was it was like he knew I needed him then and he and he stepped up and he he helped me through that as well as the midwives I I love that how um you know in the beginning also that like kind of relaxed like super relaxed he could just go to bed and chill and fall asleep he was falling asleep between contractions Taz falling asleep night night and that's partly why we got so like to 10 centimeters because he was not timing them properly (laughs) snoring away sleeping (laughs) you guys did incredible though like wow like you you were just amazing would have been such an amazing experience and it's definitely like it definitely brought us closer together as well that's another thing that's amazing is it does kind of you know you never ever have that experience ever like it's it's insane it's a big life experience to go through together yeah it's such a beautiful thing oh I can just hear how you're talking Taz like you really you really do seem like you already have a love for your body and birth and you're amazed and I think that's such a good mindset to be in I really do Oh, thank you. I I hope that um, when the time actually comes, I'll be this calm. <laughs> I will probably be a, a complete mess. Oh. But um, yeah, no, we'll see. I'm just I'm quite excited to um to meet her and Yay. parental and join the club. Yeah, no looking back. Taz, will you promise no, us now that you'll be on to tell us your birth story? I will definitely come back on and tell you about the birth story for sure. I absolutely loved speaking with Teresa. I hope you guys found that useful. I mean, we covered a lot of ground and I know when I was pregnant, all I wanted to know was everything. So I hope that was useful to you guys. I am on Instagram, pop that mama. Would absolutely love to hear from you. And if you've been enjoying this podcast, please do leave a review on iTunes. That would mean the world. Thank you so much for listening and have a great pregnancy and wonderful birth experience. Bye bye.